Hey everybody, welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pac, Labo's most ornithological work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jen Ben, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jen Ben convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Duress, chapters 12.7 and 12.8. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know about Rigid Fall Branch's war crimes and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Yeah, I guess we should uh, also say before we get stuck into it, that the costume contest has just closed entries, which means you can hopefully now vote if you go to Patreon. Um, if you want to decide which costume was the best, you have to be a patron. We'll give you more details on how to do that later. Or you can just go to <laughs> patreon.com slash media, I guess. And it's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. Those are pretty much the details, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's all the details, but we'll say them again later, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for everyone who submitted things to the costume contest. It's always really fun to see what everyone comes up with. Um, yeah, I I saw a few of them as they were being posted to Reddit, and it's just like, oh, these are so good. <laughs> Every time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, should we get into the chapters, sis? Let's do it! <laughs> um, so yeah, uh... Well, yeah, cool. Well, let's let's just get into it, I guess. So, uh, Duress twelve seven, we begin right where we left off last time. Um, they've reached the real world again from the tenements, and uh, yeah, Blake gets ready to burn some shit down. Um, some of the other others start to recognize him, so he has to ditch. But he's he's, he's in you know firebug mode, um, which is funny now that he's made out of wood. <laughs> Um, so yeah, some monsters chase him, but he murders them pretty quick. Uh, murdering monsters has apparently become his new MO. Mm. Uh, starting strong, attacking some Duchamp practitioners, apparently count as monsters, uh, culling the rot, he calls it, before he mm. then turns to the Bahames. But surprise, they've got some new allies. A, a new weapon, Alistair says, a giant suit of armor, or is the weapon a marriage with Rose? <laughs> Which is very, um telenovela uh, ending i think but it's great <laughs> yes. yes definitely so yeah what did you think what did you think of these chapters um it it feels like we're like sliding into darkness really fast <laughs> us um, and like yep yeah yeah like it it seems like you know he learned out or he learned that his friends kind of betrayed him and now he's just like snapped and he is mm. like like dark blake (laughs) yeah kill everyone well it's interesting i mean like i think something for us to to talk about as we go through these chapters is what is blake's sense of morality is there some lines that he's not willing to cross um Hmm. (laughs) and i guess keeping an eye on those is going to be interesting uh because there's still this very fun like um camaraderie vibe in these chapters between Blake and and, and Green Eyes and, and Evan um, mm-hmm. as they're going around doing <laughs> horrible things. <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit yeah. yeah. I don't know what to quite make of it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And there's it's it's still not just like Blake is doing absolutely the wrong thing yes. necessarily. Like it's very upsetting and I don't like it, but uh it's wild though, so it's not just like good guy bad guy 
kind of a yeah thing. for sure yeah it's um it's very interesting i i guess should we talk about some of the because this chapter, these two chapters, sorry, basically is Blake does murders, right? I mean, like, pretty much, it's just Blake does murders. Well, first, like, Blake starts a campfire. Yeah, yeah. And then murders. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with that, shall we? So, yeah, they, they've they've emerged from the top of the tenements, and uh, Blake's plan that nobody seemed to agree with at the time a few chapters ago was burn down the house. Everyone was like, oh, that's a bit wild. And then Blake is like, well, now I'm made of wood, so that makes it all the better as a plan, I guess, thematically. Um, so he, he, he starts collecting stuff to start a fire and all the kind of grouped others outside of the Hillsglade house are just kind of hanging out and having, again, it's, it's almost like a weird cookout vibe, isn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's... Well, I was really surprised when Blake was like, okay, I'm going to take all the wood that's piled up and I'm going to drag it away from the house and then I'm going to start it on fire. I was like, wow, that sounds like really reasonable and not at all what you were describing earlier. <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't actually set the house on fire. Um, like there's a risk and that's not great considering the fact that there's a demon that could get out if the yes. diagram's broken. Yeah. But he didn't literally like set the kitchen on fire like I thought he yeah, yeah no. I mean, it, he does light a fire and it's kind of uh, obviously pretty chaotic thing to do. Um, there's this interesting vibe a little bit later when he looks back and I think it's in the next chapter perhaps, he looks back at the house and the fire is kind of being contained and he's almost like wistfully sad that it's not just all burning. <laughs> interesting. Um, but yeah, so, you know, in the process of lighting this fire, he, he ends up drawing a little bit of attention to himself and people recognize him as Tree Blake, uh, or, or recognize that he's, you know, allied to the Thorburns, I guess. And, uh, he, he, he has to leg it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Just like pure chaos vibes from Blake. Eh? <laughs> yes. But like, and also just so hurt and so focused like there are mm. fun moments in this chapter or in these chapters but they're they're not from blake um mm. which is a bummer like i mean evan carries you know all of the joy with a little bit of green eyes sprinkled in yeah. there yeah. um and yeah he's just very like he i he's almost like driven to find a new thing to motivate him um because he's like so upset by his friends, they're not really like an anchor anymore. And so mm. he, it feels like he's just going and going and trying to find something to be like, okay, that's now the thing that matters to me. Yeah. And, and I think there is this interesting setup of, of this dichotomy between on one side, it's like Green Eyes and Evan that he can still kind of anchor to. Like, there's a few points where Evan says things like, oh, remember, we're going to all survive and fight the monsters. Um, and, and obviously there's, like, this great camaraderie. But then on the other side, there's this, like, pull of the abyss to become a violent monster and just to be anchored by, I guess, the violent acts that he's doing. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's this, it's this he's really hanging in the balance. Yeah. Um, Blake. Because he... <laughs> that's, that's, like, the, <laughs> the summary of these two chapters, isn't it? Oh, Blake. Like, just kind of a mildly disappointed but still kind of engaged vibe. Yeah. Um, well, I I like the conversation that Evan has with them as they're walking up the hill. 
because he's like, okay, Blake, like, what's the plan? And Blake's like, you know, set stuff on fire. He's like, no, but there's like a bunch of scary others and we have to deal with them. And Blake's kind of like, I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about our future and how everything sucks. Mm. And Evan's like, no, like, I'm awesome. Video games are awesome. People are awesome. Like, we're going to be super cool. We're going to fight monsters and we're going to like beat all the games on Tiff's phone or whatever. Like, we're going to yeah, like, yeah. we're going to just like do good and hang out. And so we all got to live because Blake's really not. He, he almost seems suicidal at parts. Like, he just doesn't yeah. care. Um, yeah. Like, uh, we've kind of been joking about the fact that he's made out of wood and is using fire, <laughs> but there, there is almost this vibe of him. I, I don't know how close he ever gets to doing it, but like, you know, snapping off a leg and throwing it, using it as kindling or something, right? Or like literally throwing himself on the fire as this like um, blaze of glory kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point, one of the um, uh, serpentine neck women, I'm not entirely <laughs> yeah. sure. The like, long neck ladies. Yeah. Oh, I like that. The The leader of the long neck ladies, she um, says like, the fact that you're made of wood and trying to set fires is actually insane. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking for the, the, all the audience at that point, I think. <laughs> it's just really funny. I wonder, I was also thinking about, you know, Blake and Evan have really similar vibes and motifs with the whole bird and, like, tree full of birds. Yeah, yeah. And then there's just, like, a mermaid like crawling <laughs> around a good time. Um, just ready to eat stuff and mm. like that's an interesting like if you saw that and then there became some sort of like wild um what are they called like urban legend or something about that mm. like mm. i feel like details would have to change because it seems weird to be like the tree and the mermaid it's like, just you know? too incongruous <laughs> isn't it right <laughs> But yeah. luckily, yeah, maybe she's more resistant to fire, which could be nice. That makes sense. I, I think that's the worst crime Blake commits in these chapters, is not having a solid theme that he's picked out <laughs> with his group. <laughs> because it's I mean, all clashing. He got close. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. It's really just green eyes that kind of messes it up. Yeah. She's so cool, though. She is wonderful. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, while he's in his, like, dark state, which mm. is this whole chapter, while he's ruminating mm. about himself and Rose and whatnot, he says, like, I wonder what our name had been. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'd been saying bros because I thought it was funny. And then um, D-Dev and I, like, independently had the same thought um, that maybe the name was Ambrose. Because um, I was looking up, like, based on the theory that Rose, like, they named their kid after Grandma Rose to try to curry mm. favor. Mm. Um, I mean, part of it might just be that she cut out, like Grandma Rose cut out all the parts of this person that weren't like her. And so like Rose was the perfect name for what was left. Mm. Um, but yeah, thinking like Ambrose actually sounds like an actual name that Blake could have been. Um, but then also like, brosive because that's like bros <laughs> and it's really good <laughs> yeah i like i like ambrose as a suggestion of you know merged blake name <laughs> i guess ambrose's <laughs> name yeah 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 it's no, a good one yeah um 
Yeah, I was trying to figure out if there were clues based on the name Blake. And, like, apparently Blake both means dark-haired person and, like, pale Mm. or, like, shining. So there's, like, like dark but also light. Um, Mm. And if there's something there, I can't (laughs) figure it out. Uh, A a contradiction? I don't know. Like a, 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 a clash? Yeah. Or... Or maybe like he could be either one. Mm. Um, like he has the opportunity to be either one. Do you think you would have been friends with Ambrose? I'm trying to like picture in my head, you know, because obviously Blake and Rose are so different in a lot of ways mm-hmm. by design, right? That it's hard to like reconcile what would Ambrose have actually been like? <laughs> like, would I be friends with Ambrose? That's really interesting. I mean, I think like part of it is looking at his friends and his connections. Um, mm. And like, like Ty and Alexis and Joel all seem like pretty good people. Yeah. yeah true. Um, there was also speculation in the discord and yeah, I don't know how much more we learn about the whole process of making Blake and Rose, obviously, but there's a, there was conjecture that like Blake plus Rose does not equal Ambrose, that there was like a lot of stuff lost yeah um because demons or whatever so possibly there was also some just like chill vibes like (laughs) yeah true because neither of them have that do they (laughs) um yeah yeah some there's there's enough for a third person who would just be the most chill fucking dude ever (laughs) yeah yeah interesting that'd be great i'd probably be friends with that person you're right judging them by the strength of like who Alexis tied, you know, Tiff, etc. are as people. It, it 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 is a good. It does paint a good picture, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's interesting to think how much of each of their memories that they've talked about, like they can't both be a hundred percent accurate. And so, like, what parts of them were different and changed? And like, did Paige become a worse person when um, Grandma Rose messed up? Mm. Um. Ambrose or like did she kind of suck and Blake's memories weren't quite right like it's just mm. interesting trying to figure it out well I mean what do you think that Paige seemed significantly different in in you know I guess like the very first chapter as compared to when we saw her kind of recently in in, in Toronto um I mean I remember that when Blake or when she called Blake um when he was in Toronto I think maybe when he was like when Rose was knocked out um i thought she'd been like body snatched or something i was like this is not Paige. like Paige would not be like this um and i mean a lot of it just had to do with like their relationship and whether they were like like whether they cared about each other or not um because she she was a lot of her self seemed similar the like she has strong curiosity killed the cat vibes Mm. um and yeah precocious and uh i don't know i just she feels like a piece of this puzzle that hopefully will be explained more (laughs) like yeah like was ambrose just like that much better of a candidate than page um yeah or did grandma rose actually like page as a person like what was it well yeah i mean like being closer to the front of the queue for inheritance is not necessarily a good thing right Mm -hmm. i mean um you know, Molly didn't do so hot. Mm-mm. Uh, 
Yeah. And presume yeah, presumably Molly was planned to be a sacrifice. Blake was planned to be a sacrifice. Hopefully a like it seems like maybe hopefully Rose would have lasted. Um yeah. cuz after that I don't think she had the ability or whatever to make Kathy into to I don't know. Yeah, into <laughs> Kath and I don't know. Hey, <laughs> I guess. Ren. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, she's she's now long dead at this point, Granny Rose. But yeah. I wonder if it was like, um, you know, when Molly died, that's what split Blake into or Ambrose into two, as opposed to did she set that up like beforehand kind of vibes? I don't know. Right, because I was almost like, I think that I had been thinking that Rose had somehow gone along like when thinking like Rose was the full person and Blake was the vestige that Rose had like gone along with the scheme to make mm. Blake. Um, and that Molly was like in the house <clears throat> at kind of like the same time or something. Cause mm. at one point she's, or she says, I think ghost Molly might say that she had to get out of the house cause she like couldn't stand it anymore. Like mm. being in there. And I was like, Oh, because of all the annoying crap that's going down. But it could have just been like she's been locked in her house, afraid of everything for four months. Yeah. Um. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's also the question of you know if everyone's memories is, are a bit altered, right? Like Peter remembers Rose and how much she sucks, and you know Paige is like we were never friends. Like how much is Molly's ghost wrong about mm, stuff? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, Molly's ghost doesn't necessarily seem the most like put together <laughs> anyway, so it's uh, she's not the most reliable source, I guess, just in general. Uh, Molly, mm. I really thought she'd be a big thing this arc. I'm excited to see her again. Mm. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, I guess should we keep talking about Blake's uh, slide into murder? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Blake. <laughs> Um, oh, one thing that was actually really great to go back to the conversation with Evan and Green Eyes mm-hmm. for a second was that, you know, Evan was like, you know, I need everyone to be alive so that I can, like, fulfill my goals of being a badass and being a fire sparrow or whatever. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, this is why I need the Cabal. This is why I need you, Blake. And Green Eyes is like, what about me? <laughs> Which was so cute. And he's like, uh, keep telling me how great I am. Yeah. And she's like... You know, I'd like to find out how good you are, and it's very obvious that she's like, "I would like to eat you." <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, the dynamic between these three is just so much fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and that that was one of the really like silly light moments of the chapter, but not. Yeah, again, it's it's the two of them. It's not Blake. Yeah, he's- true. Blake is um he's very brooding this chapter, isn't he? He's not just letting himself have fun as he murders all his people. <laughs> Uh, it's also like kind of it makes so much sense that the the long neck ladies are like a little suspicious because he's just like hi like i don't want to fight that other or whatever i just kind of want to like make a bonfire like whatever Mm. and they're like what (laughs) you're made of wood is this a weird kink like what are you doing (laughs) you could have done this somewhere else (laughs) yeah it is it is strange but then there's that other other who comes along is like oh can i use your fire and blake like 
is like, yeah, but you have to, you know, do a favor for me. And so it's kind of like, I could see it being this like industrious startup by some hip young <laughs> boogie man, like going around setting fires and then charging people to use them. It's like, I don't know, it could be a business I, I, model. See, and again, that kind of fits with his theme. Like, I'm loving this. That's like, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 tr- the dead tree yeah. and the fire, because he's like, I'm going to go to where others are massacring others and set up a little barbecue stand. <laughs> Yeah, especially because, like, if he's a tree and they're, like, burning wooden furniture, maybe there's an element of him he can pretend to be like, oh, I'm a nature spirit that's like, oh, you know, oh, they chop down trees and turn them into furniture. I'm going to burn them down. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's, like, his cover story. See, now I'm just, like, if Blake had, like, Toadie's personality, like, he could go so far. Like, Mm. he could just be like, oh, yeah, like, murder and, like, this family and whatever. Like, nah. Like, let's start a small business. Like... (laughs) Yeah, small business renting out <laughs> fires. It's a, yeah, it's a fire share app, and it's called. Yeah. <laughs> well, it almost reminds me of like, um, yeah. So I'm I'm planning a wedding, and there's a service on Maui that's called the Catered Coconut, and literally mm. the only thing that they do is they show up at your event with a shit ton of coconuts and like a machete. And they yeah, just like uh, open coconuts for people and put straws in it. And that's the only thing they do. And people are like, cool, I'll pay like 2,500 bucks for you to come to my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Kind it's- of awesome. But if he gets into the like, you know, events space, he could go really far. Yeah. I mean, I think you can. <laughs> yeah, true. He can be the bonfire at your wedding kind of guy. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I think there's money to be made if you're a niche small business owner with a, a dream and, you know, some hustle. I, I support mm-hmm. you, Blake. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I just, I mean, again, I'm not sure, like, is the guy who comes up and asks to, like, cook his food, like, sp- like really, really creepy or, like, mm. really fun? Because I found him really fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like kind of pretentious and douchebaggy. Like, we must be civilized. But also, it's just so great that he's just like, hi, like... I'm here to cook my meat. Yeah. No, it, it is a bit weird, isn't it? But, you know, why not, right? Like, um, <laughs> be civilized, live your creepy vibe. But <laughs> I, I think every single, um, so what, he's got, he's, he's in a stainless steel mask. He's got handcuffs <laughs> at his wrists, nice clothes, bloody hands, holding a bunch of uh, midge flesh. All right. Yeah, I don't know. A, a good blend. I think every single boogeyman is a good blend of creepy and fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I've enjoyed basically all of them so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess, like, does, does Midge come back from this? Because one thing I'm not certain still is, like, is she Abyssal? Like, does she... <clears throat> is the Shack part of the Abyss as well? Um, And, like, because I get that, like, most boogeymen, when they die, go back to the Abyss and can, like, get out again, maybe. But if they, like, cut your whole body up what happens yeah it's it's hard to say isn't it like i I guess we know in pale we have like some characters that don't die in various ways whether it's like uh the dogs who who heal kind of Mm. in in the way you might think of or like the ghouls who are undead and kind of recuperate very slowly probably there's an in-between there where something like midge dies in quotes it it never fully as long as it doesn't as long as she doesn't fully die she can just slowly recuperate maybe it's over years maybe it's over days months who knows Mm -hmm. because like yeah she's 
had flesh and stuff draw, like ripped off of her, but she's not dead. She uh, she's she's <laughs> giggling by the end of it. <laughs> she's having a great time. And the, yeah, the first time I read this chapter, I was like, "Fucking Midge! Like, how dare you! Like, god damn it! Like." And then the second time, I was like, "Yeah, honestly, like." Good for you, bitch. Like, if I was enslaved and the people who had enslaved me, you know, just, you don't owe them anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if she finds it funny, go for it, you know? <laughs> just, like, laughing at all the others who don't realize that he's right there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, so I wonder, what what's Midge's whole deal? <laughs> That's probably something that I'm happier not knowing. Based on her interlude. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Gosh, we've talked about so many of these bits and pieces. I'm trying to figure out which things we haven't talked about from this section yet. I know. Um, I mean, I think we can officially talk about the chase. Unless, did you want to talk about the long neck girls much more? Ah, uh, the long neck girls. Well, let's talk about it more because they, the long neck girls, is one of the others that chases Blake, right? Right. Um, right. So so yeah, they, they they recognize Blake and the leader, whose name is Arne, um, and a few other others chase, give chase, but Blake just kind of murders them and gets the rest to stand out. He he really is just like murder monsters, hell yeah, and just kind of does it. Although in fairness, he does give them a like a chance to back down, and some of them do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. pretty reasonable on the whole, I think. Yeah, no, she she he 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 goes from like a more recognizable version of himself in terms of, you know, he's running for his life and there's people chasing him. And so he's got to like defend himself to I'm bigger and badder than all of you. And I'll just start murdering you unless you can, you can like show me that you're not really a monster, whatever that means. Mm. And I thought the one who was just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. was like really funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah but it, you know it, it would be pretty funny if you're like oh shit there's the person we're meant to get get him and like you and a bunch of your friends chase him and then all of a sudden he just stops and is like actually i can murder you all you wouldn't believe it i wouldn't believe it. like why'd you run then if you could murder us all i bet we can take you and then he does murder you all like shit <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bummer. yeah um, i feel like watching hmm. the first one die i might believe him more as yeah. opposed to literally just being like nah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it, again. He's you know he's a tree guy with a bird and a kind of uh, mermaid slash seal esque kind of thing. Like <laughs> oh, it's not um, it's not a strong theme. You wouldn't really be like, oh yeah, he's probably really strong. But then you know he is. Yeah, and then the sword is also a weird. <laughs> yes, the sword true. doesn't go with the tree thing. Really, a spiky sword. Yeah. 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 We really need to get Blake a brand consultant, I think, <laughs> before the end of the story. Definitely. Like, yeah. we can maybe, I was going to say we can maybe glamour up the hyena to look different. I don't think that would work. But, you know, maybe he could paint it, make it look more like a tree branch, something. Mm, mm, mm. And what would, how would you get green eyes on theme? Give her little wings so she's like a bird? <laughs> Cause she is, like, leaping around a lot, right? Like... She can kind of, or even more like like a like a hedgehog or like a ground like something that kind of like pops losing. out of the ground. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um it might only work in the snow but like this book is not gonna last until the mm-hmm. snow is gone so it works for yeah, yeah yeah what about um like she's always like clinging on to blake she wants to in more ways than one climb that tree i think <laughs> but so like a monkey because you get her at like a monkey oh. costume because she's like she kind of swings around with her te- like i don't know yeah Maybe no and then it. you just get her like those those um costumes you can get for your like your dog or whatever where oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. look like a little person because they have the two little fake arms yeah, like she yeah. could have like two little fake legs and just yeah. like i like that i think yeah. that that's yeah. pretty decent theming <laughs> yeah all right blake well hit us up and we'll you know happy to uh to to do some pro bono brand consulting work i think <laughs> yeah just to make you a little bit more cohesive yeah um but yeah so blake murders some people <laughs> um yeah he 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 goes you know i'm only interested in killing monsters and we get this woman who's like i don't even know how to describe her old old-fashioned clothing cutesy voice she gives me like a monster version of a i don't know like a 40s american housewife or or 50s housewife kind of vibe but then she pulls a gun so i don't don't know (laughs) um right and then it it seems like she's related to old like yeah old movies or whatever American she like hollywood vibes or something yeah yeah dissolves into kind of like a film something yeah and yeah. that was really cool she sounds fun yeah that's the tragic thing about uh reading one book stories is every single little side character has enough life breathed into them that you're just like oh man i want to know more about this <laughs> old hollywood film lady monster with a gun mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I picture her as black and white. I don't know if that was described well, that way. She, but. She's in, I think she's in color, but then right. when she gets killed, she goes from color to black and white. And then that, then the kind of film mm. burning effect. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and yeah, there's this other dude and a long necked, one of the long necked ladies, uh, Arne, the leader, um, who ends up being like, all right, cool. <laughs> I guess I don't want to fight you after all. <laughs> And bales. <laughs> uh yeah. Um and we know she's working with Johannes, and so it's kind of a nice and and that's the thing. This interaction feels more like he's maybe trying to defend himself, he's trying to make deals, he's trying to give people outs. Mm-hmm. But then we transition to Hi, I'm here to murder you. Um and yeah, but the the long necked lady is like, if I tell Johannes good information i get a free ticket to disneyland and <laughs> that's worth it for me so um they managed to make that work so yeah. it's like it's only a matter of time before people realize and learn that like blake's not in the mirrors anymore yes. is part of this yes for sure um which is fun yeah uh, and it kind of does beg the question what would you do for a free ticket to disneyland how far <laughs> would you go <laughs> i feel like the like not getting in a fight to the death and yeah. just snitching on some randos. Definitely. I would definitely do that. Okay. Would you burn down a house for a free ticket to Disneyland? Like, if no one was in it and it wasn't, like, like a, an abandoned house and stuff, maybe, but I'd be worried mm. about, like, criminal like, consequences. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, you know, might not be worth it at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, um, but yeah, you're right. Like the way that Blake treats these others here is almost more 
Is it more? I think it's more like he gives them more of a chance than he gives some of the uh, the Duchamp husbands that we see in the next chapter. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. The last line of this chapter is, you know, he sees their practitioners and he thinks, easy pickings, killing more monsters. So he really just does not rate them at all. Right. And just, I mean, so even I, as a pale reader, was like horrified this by this and felt more horrified by him attacking the Duchamps. And I'm thinking about it, and I think part of it has to do with the fact that it's, yeah, it's this isn't really self-defense. This isn't really, like, mm. trying to execute part of the heist plan. Like, I was, you know, thinking, okay, go back to your friends and report and be like, are you all actually out of the abyss now? Let's find you coats. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't consider doing that at all. He's like, let's just go kill some more people. Yeah. And... Yeah, so this is him being the aggressor in this specific instance. Although they did send a bunch of others to try to like murder him and his family. So well, yeah, obviously it's not a, a fully <laughs> black and white situation, right? But I do think you're right that it represents like a a, a crossing of a line for Blake. I, I, well, let's get into it because like the next chapter is really where this becomes clear. I think um, mm-hmm. Blake goes into you know, kill monsters mode, attacking some Duchamp practitioners, and the way he phrases it is culling the rot. Um, but, you know, he does give some of them that seem more nice a chance to leave, and he does do this hilarious thing where he <laughs> says, "Are you?" A, he basically asks point blank, are you a monster to one of them? And they obviously are. <laughs> like, they can't <laughs> deny, they don't even try to deny that they're a monster. So I mean, that, yeah. yeah. It, that part made me feel a little bit better, <laughs> but also, like, there's probably a better judicial system or something. Well, I don't know about that. Just ask <laughs> if they're a monster, and if they can't, if they can't even, like, you know, I, I've, I'm a human being, as every human being does. I've made some mistakes in my life, right? Uh-huh. But if somebody asked me, am I a monster, I'd at least attempt to mount a defense, <laughs> right? Like, if you can't even attempt it, shit, man, you're fucking far gone. That's true. He was like, this is tradition. And Blake's like, that yeah. didn't answer my question. Yeah. It's rough to like, God. Uh, um, yeah, the Blake describing this as culling is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think it's normally, you know, it's a word you use for animals. I think um, mm. it's, I don't know. It feels just, it feels like, a familiar piece of rhetoric from some like scary person in real life. Like yeah. it gives me kind of like Nazi vibes or something. And yeah, I don't think it's genocidal you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so it sucks. Mm. Um, but then like there's the interesting thing where um yeah, like those dudes can't say I'm not a monster. And the um Lola's mom, like uses this as an opportunity to save one of her relatives from a shitty husband. Mm. Um, it's an interesting scenario that unfolds. But it's, it's you know, like, what if it wasn't Lola's mom, like, on the phone, separated from their group? What if it was Jan? What if it was the necromancer? Like, you know, like, what if it was any of those other people? It feels kind of random mm. in Blake's assessment of who deserves to die. Yeah. Um, and, like killing these four practitioners doesn't seem to accomplish i mean i haven't seen the consequences but it doesn't seem like aha i've dealt a decisive blow against the duchamp family Mm. like 
more like I've enraged them and, you know. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, we know that um, <coughs> Joyce is the yes, one that he kind of starts by holding them hostage and then she swears to not interfere with his murder spree, basically. <laughs> um, she's kind of taken out of the picture. Like, that. he is... Um, he is taking some pieces off the board. It definitely feels like That's these true. are pretty minor pieces, all things considered. But, uh, you know, the night is young. <laughs> right. Like, if he could keep this up, he would kill and or, like, eliminate enough threats by oaths that mm. it could make a difference. But yeah. there's a reason he doesn't just leap over and murder them all in one fell swoop, other than maybe arguably having to check if they're monsters. Like, there's a certain level at which, like, the three of them can't just take this entire town. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, I loved this conversation <laughs> between Joyce and Lola. Um, the the idea that, you know, one of her cousins is there and she's being annoying and she's putting snowballs <laughs> in the freezer and she won't go to sleep. And um, that's all just really fun. Mm. Um and it, it reminds me a lot of the conversation Penny has with her mom uh, mm. in, like, arc two or whatever that was. Yeah, back when they're in the alleyway, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole Duchamp vibe of, like, it seems like they're really loyal to each other and they all really care about each other. But every generation is so awful to the mm. next generation. Mm. Um, But it's, like, because of this sense of gaining power as practitioners... But they all obviously, you know, love their, I mean, not all, but the the, the moms we've seen, especially in Pact, really love their daughters, mm. um, even if they're willing to do shitty things to them. Yeah, um, I really think there is this vibe of just being stuck at, in this system, right? Mm-hmm. And that That's, I think, something that permeates this so much. And we see it with some other, like, practitioner families in Pale as well, right? We see mm-hmm. um, the, fuck, why can't I remember their name? The Augury people that, that Nicolette is a part of. Why can <laughs> I not Bellagers, remember their name? Yeah. I kept wanting to say Bahame. Like, no, you know, no, that's, that's not the right problem. story. <laughs> um, yeah, the same vibe of, like, genuinely caring about your child and wanting a better life for them, but also just having been stuck in this system that means you eventually just repeat the same thing that you hated from your parents. And it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it sucks, right? Like it makes you want to go all Blake and just burn the house down. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, Hmm. it's just an interesting tender scene and it makes it really scary. And like, I very much related to Joyce and sympathized with her in this moment and not really like the scary tree man that had just like leaped over the fence and held a, really bad scary knife to your throat yeah Um, i I think oh sorry well i just it's interesting how in that moment yeah i really just was like blake stop go away don't do this like Mm. feeling a lot for her and yeah yeah i i think it's very that phone conversation maybe saves her life right because it's very humanizing Mm -hmm. and if the dichotomy that blake is seeing is either you know humans slash people or monsters that puts her more in the people camp than the monster Mm -hmm. camp and that saves her from blake's murder spree right and like the two bearded brothers who can't say that they're not monsters or whatever Mm. like also seem to have a pretty strong like familial bond and like brotherly love and like Mm. at one point um the one asks blake to like stop you know, trying to kill his brother because his brother had, like, 
just lost his wife, you know, like just mm. seen his wife horribly die or whatever. Like, yeah. like there's obviously like love and compassion between them. Um, and there wasn't any insinuation that they were, you know, abusive toward their wife or whatever, unlike the necromancer. And so it's just like, if yeah, Blake had come across a different situation, would Joyce be dead? Um, mm. And Gail and whatever. Yeah, I, I, that's why I think this uh, this chapter is so smartly constructed is because there's just enough in there for us to still have plausible deniability that Blake is <laughs> doing a version of the right thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is I, I think is so interesting because, you know, he's our protagonist. We're, we're still following him as he goes around murdering folk. <laughs> like, I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. We can't be too against him, his actions, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's also that we've seen him go through so much, it kind of, and with the abyss is really the big thing, is it it makes sense to why he's gotten to this point, but it is, like, upsetting. And one thing that's upsetting is the fact that Evan just doesn't seem to have a problem with this. Mm. Um, Like, I guess he just really, really trusts Blake. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just seems to me like when Blake hops over the fence and, like, leaves the Thorburn property... He's no longer, he's, he, yeah, he's crossed a line. And, like, that's kind of weird because this is sort of like him going into the forest to fight the hyena. And that mm. was obviously a good thing. Yeah. Um, And if these are monsters, then this is like that. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that, to me, made that feel the most real is there's a part where Evan, like, goes for one of their eyes. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now Evan is complicit in this violence, which I think is across the line in in mm-hmm. one or two different ways and it's just this a bit too much you know? right because we've seen evan you know go for people's eyes before like you know do these sorts of things before when the behames are like actively attacking blake at the toronto police station or whatever like we've seen evan like really like fight for blake but this feels so different mm. um, yeah they, they then they kind of after they've killed these fools <laughs> <laughs> they then have this um this little debrief that I think is really interesting as well, where Blake is like, oh, I don't know if she deserved Jan, that one of the people here deserved to have her midsection degloved, which we haven't mm-hmm. talked about, but it's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, and, and Green Eyes is like, I can smell that she was a monster. And, and I was kind of, there's this one bit where Blake looks at Evan in response to this, and Evan shrugs his mm-hmm. little bird wings. <laughs> and, and that's like, it, again, just to me, it's like, no, Evan should have more of a problem with this. I'm kind of worried, really worried that he's he's going along with it. Right. Um. I mean, like, at this point, it's over, and I'm glad Blake doesn't, like, you know, gainsay green eyes or whatever, or, like, mm. forswear green eyes, potentially, because she promised to be good. Yeah. Um, I think she's, but- you know... I, I yeah. trust that she sensed monstrousness in in Jan. Right. Yeah. But it. But yeah, the fact that Evan shrugs, it's it's pointing to how he's kind of just going along with yes the situation yes. and not critically thinking about it. Yeah. Um, which is upsetting. The thing with Jan. Um. Well, one green eyes is so fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I put de-sweatered in my notes which Mm. felt sort of funny and also i hate it like Mm. it's so much um and it well so it's interesting because joyce 
leaves Jan there, like explicitly. Jan, like she's like, Gail, come with me, Gail. And Jan's like, should I go too? What's happening? And she's like, no, Jan, you stay here. Um, yeah, so dog choice. Wow. Which is so like, and it's it's this interesting thing where Blake is like decided that Jan is or Joyce is okay enough mm. and determines oh she was trying to get gail away from the husband and that means that the husband must be bad and she decided that these other people were fine to die as well or whatever um the but like we don't really know exactly what is happening or what the dynamics between these people are mm-hmm. um like there's there's pieces of evidence like the green eyes's belief that she's not a person that jan wasn't really a person anymore the mm. way the necromancer reacts when blake accuses him of being you know a really shitty husband <laughs> just asks fact- him if he's a monster <laughs> as well like, right classic. and that that bit like the the there there's definitely things that point to this being the right interpretation yeah um but we don't really know no um, we don't but I, something about joyce taking advantage of this situation makes me like her more which is <laughs> it's so it's such a wild thing to do to be like oh you're gonna murder them well let me just save one of them and the rest no yeah they're fair enough i mean there's especially the moment when jan's like oh should i go too it, it's clear that she's not just like trying to save as many as she can she's yeah like gail is cool <laughs> well yeah i mean blake kind of interprets it as like she has sworn not to interfere with him culling the rot. And so mm-hmm. he he then takes Joyce's selections as rot and not and, and kind of, <laughs> you know, it's it's Jan's fair game to be de gloved. I love the way that that works, by the way. Um Green Eyes we get like Green Eyes brings her tail up and around Jan's waist and you're like, oh, okay. And then there's like this <laughs> kind of uh, um, step out to an abstract narration about how this works. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's very, it's delightful. It's so, it's so gross. I love it. Oh, God. I yeah no well because I remembered the way her tail was against the others in the house, and um, it's just described as being like barbed and various yeah. things. And so the moment that happened, I was like, oh god. And I guess like with Blake too, um. You're reminded in the first chapter we read for this week that she has that because when she unwraps from Blake, he like spins around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good setup and payoff there for sure. <laughs> yes. Well, um, yeah. I mean, you know, Green Eyes loves like jumping up onto Blake and like gra- grabbing onto his midsection and like hanging off of him, <laughs> um, which is their, you know, it's their kink. That's fine. Um, <laughs> But then, yeah, that that is also the way that she murders a person. This <laughs> is so great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Call her calling out like she wasn't a someone anymore. She's mm. she. It brought back bad memories. Yeah, um, is really sad. It reminded me of Tiff, and now I have this whole thing where like, is everyone cut in half? Like, is this Tiff? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what a twist that would be! Wow, I don't even know where we're going. <laughs> yeah every single person is too hard that's well, how soulmates work i guess yeah there's Paige and peter right mm. there's mm. um yeah there's probably more <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um do you think Paige and peter are uh you know have been spliced i mean no 
That was a very on the fence no. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Okay. I say it with conviction, huh? No. No. But then there is the like Andy and Eva. Oh, Andy and Eva are those her. That's oh, another yeah. pairing. Um, yeah. Blake calls out how Andy and Eva like actually kind of get along. Mm. So obviously it's not like him and Rose. Yeah. Rough. <laughs> what if what if not getting along isn't part of it and him and Rose are just shit? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, uh Blake is uh fully done with these folks. Um yeah, I guess he he also like has a bit of cleanup on them as well, doesn't oh, he? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah, he uses their blood to draw a circle, which is, mm. you know, resourceful. Yep. And um, he frees the little, the spirit, or the soul in the necromancer's healing voodoo doll thing, which was nice. I liked that mm. moment. Yeah. Um, there, there are, like, things that suggest that Blake is not completely gone. Yeah. Um, and that was one of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then uh, Blake continues on his murder spree. He finds some behames, but as he's about to enter murder mode... Uh, he gets stopped by a giant suit of armor that does some chronomancy shit. And also, Rose is there. And they're ma- uh, not married, engaged. Um, so, as somebody who's planning a wedding yourself, do you have any tips for Rose and Elster? Yeah, I was wondering what kind of engagement ring she had. I, yeah. pr- I'm assuming silver. She seems like that kind of person. Mm. Um, little diamond. Wonder what the cut is. They. Um... Yeah, do you think Blake will be excited for her? <laughs> so excited! <laughs> oh God, Rose. Um. Well, <laughs> here we'll get to Rose last because she's sure, sure. she's fun. The um, it's fun seeing like actual chronomancy. Presumably, um, mm. it seems like this knight may or may not be some like the big Kahuna they were talking about, and yep. he it um can like actually influence time somewhat i mean we saw that alistair was using time to like eliminate cuts and whatever Mm. so we've seen like actual chronomancy a little bit in this story but this is kind of an exciting like oh fuck can y'all actually turn back time with this guy Mm. um and yeah i mean it seems pretty powerful right because blake like does starts his murder spree gets one Mm -hmm. of them and then it just kind of gets completely undone and this is like this is the hyena notoriously not able to to be healed i guess being kind of not healed per se but but similar right being undone um and and that that feels like it's a strong it's an an implication of a certain level of strength definitely yeah and it it's yeah i mean thinking about chronomancer's giving up hours he describes them as being like cows um a couple Mm -hmm. chapters ago like just giving and giving and giving parts of them their lives to someone else um and thinking i don't know it just it's hype being like this is the we're gonna see the big guns like this is the culmination possibly of all of that Mm, yeah yeah um and again pointing out that blake's justification for killing the first guy is bad and <laughs> just literally like because right now he's like alistair this is a bad idea blah 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 we shouldn't do things this way and i'm like 
and it's a fun thing of like, is he talking about Rose or is he talking about using all the family's magic or whatever? Mm. Um, it's like a little unclear. Um, so the, the person that Blake kills is, and the reason for Blake killing him is just because he's argued on behalf of Alistair against <laughs> peace. And, and literally Blake's next line is good enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it Blake? No. That's that, how we define that, a monster nowadays? I mean, I guess. No. <laughs> no. He didn't even ask him, hey, can you tell me that you're not a monster? Like, <laughs> he didn't need yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when it's reversed, like, on the one hand, you're kind of like, oh, fuck, because there's, like, crazy chronomancy happening. But it was a relief because, like, no, Blake, don't just murder this man. Mm. Um, and Ben is sad and has sad eyes. And that was sad because I liked him. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then Alistair is all like, me, 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 I'm fucking cool. Yeah. And there's Rose. God, Rose. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, twist, Rose and Alistair are engaged, seemingly, oh or unless it's just a, a big prank. <laughs> I mean, you know. JK! Yeah. Um, yeah, and Blake realizes, or, you know, just believes that she wanted to leave the house and get taken by the, you know, Sandra at all. Um, mm. Because then it would be, she'd have an opportunity to arrange this marriage. Mm. Um, and that's upsetting. The fact that she's like left the cabal and her family, although she doesn't care about them, but like to be, you know, attacked in this house is upsetting. A lot of things are upsetting about mm. this scenario the one thing that gives me some hope is that the arc is called duress and maybe sh she was somehow forced into this hmm. but if anything it's probably the other way around <laughs> what she forced alistair into the into proposing <laughs> or just yeah the whole behames or something like it's he seems fine enough with it but mm. she yeah just blake kind of thinking oh she had she's been planning this she did this on purpose um undermines that a bit yeah um yeah for sure and i yeah i feel very upset on behalf of ty and tiff and alexis let alone you know the rest of them yeah that she isn't helping um like this seems like a very rose centric move and not like a anything else yeah it's uh it's a it's an interesting one. It's p the only thing that could match Blake's pure chaos energy. I think is oh, yeah. a, an equally chaotic plan by Rose. <laughs> That's true. That is sort of inspiring. Um, <laughs> yeah, Rose was inspired by Blake. <laughs> uh, I just I also think it's funny that he's like, uh, they they dress like douchebags and they're holding <laughs> each other's hands and i hate this like you just like yeah so they they matched in sheer pretentiousness <laughs> good times yeah uh, um well yeah th those are our chapters for today yay 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 <laughs> um what do we what do we think's gonna well i guess uh you know there's a section here called malia's bold and specific prediction in our notes <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen next well, so I have to admit that I know who the interlude is from the point of view of because I was like just 
speeding through the story at this point, and I didn't remember having already clicked next chapter. And so I clicked next chapter, and I read, like, maybe a sentence, and then I was like, wait. <laughs> Shame on so, you. I know, my bad. I can't predict that one this time, but yeah. I'm excited about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get a little time jump or not. Um, so we learned that it's, like, two in the morning, which means mm. that there's maybe, I don't know, what time the sun rises in Canada at this time of yeah, year. Yeah, four or five hours, maybe. Yeah. Um. And they must have spent a ton of time building Blake's body or the Abyss did a time warp thing because um, the nights, you know, progressed. Um, well, they were climbing up the tenements for a little while, weren't they? How long? I don't, I don't know. Maybe not that long, but. I guess I just assumed that, like, if it was more than, like, 15 minutes, they all would have just died. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I would have. Uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but yeah, because I'm not sure if it's like we're just going to like come back to this backyard or whatever this is, or if we're mm. going to flash forward a little bit. But uh, God, it's like, yeah, so there's the Thorburns and the Cabal in the Abyss sort of still. Um, I'm assuming they have left <laughs> the Abyss officially and gone to figure something else out. Mm. Um, I think that... Blake and Rose are going to yell at each other. <laughs> that's, a, that's an easy one. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. I mean, you know, Blake and Rose yell I, at each other. Fair enough. I don't think Rose and Alistair are actually going to get married. Oh, interesting. What, you think they're going to, they, they'll break off the engagement or something? That Yeah, like one of them will die or... I guess maybe be forsworn. They probably didn't put a no forswearing clause. Do you think they have a like a prenup? I just do you get like- a prenup before you get engaged? Probably not, right? That's that's before the actual marriage, surely. Hmm. I mean, you could maybe get a prenup before you hmm. get engaged. Hmm. Um, I don't know the because is. And engage. So, like, will you marry me? Yes. Is that a promise or is that just a statement of fact? <laughs> like, <laughs> the line between forswearance and gainsaying is something that I have yeah with. yeah. But but you know, I think the fact there's so much ritual around like an engagement is a promise to be married effectively, right? Uh-huh. Like that that probably lends it enough weight that it is effectively a pretty important vow, right? I, I don't know. I mean, like. But just based on, like, the cultural cachet that it, an engagement has, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but, like, broken engagements are kind of, like, much more of a thing. Um, mm. But, like, because we know that, like, Raquel was forsworn when she said that she wouldn't marry that guy. Mm. But it might be, like, a... They speci- they made her promise specific things in a more... In a um, more specific and vowful way. Right, as opposed to, like, maybe you don't want to actually promise to definitely marry a Diabolist. Yeah. Um, just, like, what's his fucking play? I don't think the family is happy with this. Um, mm. And it feels like, because if this is just a power grab to become the Lord or whatever, like, if you're a Lord and you have a Diabolist wife, like, that feels like people are going to come try to kill you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't pe- know. People will definitely talk. You won't be invited to the nice cotillions. I don't think. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. I suppose. 
Um, now, of course, the, the show is called Pale in Comparison. Should we? Uh, is there any other things that we want to compare to from Pale? Yeah. So um, Elliot actually reached out with a suggestion that the Pact Seven Dot X and Pale was it Twenty One Dot Seven? I think mm. um, are kind of similar. So uh, spoilers for Twenty One Dot Seven. I guess if you haven't read there yet, but um, it's both like a very major event has happened that shakes all of these people. And we go through and see a couple different perspectives of like how that event has impacted these mm, people. Mm. Um, and that's fun. Yeah. I really like that type of chapter. I think Wabo's done it once or twice in pale and I'm sure he's done it in other things of like the fallout of this event and seeing a few different glimpses of it as, a, as mm-hmm. an interlude. It's always so fun to just be like, to see the ripples that big actions have on the world around them, I think is great. Yeah. And the scale is interesting with the two, because with, with Blake, it's like the people at the factory and like, you know, the mm. shepherd and the eye, but they were all very involved in like the specific, yeah. you know, the specific plot. And we're not introduced to anyone completely new, but it's not like, Oh, the physical people kind of in this space. It's like, you know, the big scary monster dude way over there. And then, yeah, the, you the know, the Right. And their, you know, their friend way over here who literally <laughs> falls over because they've done this thing. <laughs> and like, so just in a fun way of um, the scale of wild bow protagonists and their shit has like mm. increased. Um, yeah. And hopefully, yeah, Pac doesn't try to compete because demons are bad (laughs) yeah i mean very true (laughs) um yeah i i I kind of like it's it's funny it's it's an interesting kind of connection that this chapter i think we see blake crossing some lines and in in recent chapters with uh lucy and pale we saw her crossing the line of you know shooting effectively murdering somebody Uh um you know again extenuating circumstances in both but uh it's it's interesting that the, those are both uh, that have both happened in in these stories at the same time, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And Lucy's feels much more understandable in a whole bunch of ways, but it is still a thing that I think a lot of us were worried about Lucy or Lucy experiencing or choosing to do. Um, and Blake, it's just like Blake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Blake. Blake. <laughs> Another fun thing is that you suggested the spoiler tag or whatever they're called for this week. And we sort of realized that Blake and Ridget are weirdly (laughs) similar. (laughs) That's so harsh for poor Blake. I know. Well, their murderous tendencies and their forest themes. Well, yeah, it it is fair to say that Ridget would definitely fit in Blake's new aesthetic, both, you know, committing genocides and being forest themed. (laughs) So maybe that's another point for the Blake Brand Consultant uh, book that we're putting together. Definitely. Gotta get some of those scary squirrels. Although, <laughs> like, it's also not a great vibe. Um, like, at least Blake doesn't seem to have a racist element to yes, it so far. Yes, true. And so so far, cool. man. Is that a I mean, specific <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not sure if he's gonna flip and be like, you know, all practitioners are... Yeah, yeah, sure. Evil and deserves to die or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he'll go racist in like the 
sense that we think of. Sure, but but a very like anti practitioner. He already kind of is quite anti practitioner. Um, uh huh. So it wouldn't be too much of a stretch for that to continue, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Blake, Blake and Richard therapy. Yeah, <laughs> Blake needs some therapy again. Could be the subtitle to this entire story. Um, <laughs> well, should we talk about the uh, uh, the discussion question? Yes. Um, so last week we asked to describe the worst field trip or vacation that you've ever had. Mm. Um, and yeah, on reflection, these weren't like necessarily the funniest or. <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah isn't it great when you come up with an idea for a discussion question like this and you're like yeah this will be interesting and then you're like oh yeah of course i mean like, they're oh. all like bummers <laughs> no i i thought there was definitely some interesting stuff to, to mm-hmm. a bunch of these um it was kind of fun to hear about people's horrible <laughs> horrible vacations yeah sometimes they are actually pretty funny but also yeah yeah, um, we got uh, a response from Wabo telling the story for what might actually be the inspiration for the tenements, a, a, a hostel that was so horrible that the owner came in and offered them a refund without them even complaining first, <laughs> which is pretty hardcore. Um, That's amazing. It sounded rough. It was a kind of Parisian hostel with uh, miscellaneous screaming and bloodstains and, oh, you know, on. effectively straight out of a horror movie stuff. Just, I love that the like owner is so aware that they come in and they're like, "Hey, y'all!" Like, sorry. no, no, this is not what you you don't want to be here. Nobody wants to be. Here, but, yeah. Um, Megafire Seven talks about a time that they got flung into the air by some people running into an air pillow. Yeah, which <laughs> so, so they were talking about this like campground and. There being an air pillow, a large air pillow, and just kind of drop that as if... Is that something that I should know? <laughs> is that like that an is- American thing or something? <laughs> like, what's a giant air pillow? The only thing I can think of is, like, on the water, like the blob, there's those big um things where one person will jump onto it and the other person will be sitting at the end and they'll get, like, launched up into the air and land in the water, but... I don't know what it is in this circumstance. Yeah. I was kind of picturing like a half inflated um, jumping castle, bouncy castle. Um. But I have no idea. I have no, really no idea what it is. Anyway, also as part of the story, um, they ran out of gas and somebody was inspecting it using a, like a, a lighter fire as a, as a light source around a gas canister, which again was pretty chaotic. So um, that, that definitely fits in the theme of uh, – Poor fire practice, safety practices that we had in the, the first chapter from this week, at least. <laughs> yeah, this one I think does. Um, I think, yeah, like a bouncy castle would be the closest thing. I can't, yeah. The fact Did that I it almost sets on fire. Google air pillow and see if I can. Giant, large air pillow. I mean, maybe it, it is just what it describes, I guess. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just seeing like bed pillows for like inflatable mattress and stuff. So what do you think? Not- bouncy <laughs> castle is. In Dutch, bouncy castle. <laughs> Dutch. <laughs> it doesn't just translate to air pillow. <laughs> well, spring castle. Mm. Uh, unclear. Let us know. <laughs> unclear. Uh, yeah, that's our new discussion question. What does spring castle mean? Yeah, <laughs> very specific one. <sighs> um, we got an answer from uh, RL Raider uh, on Reddit uh, talking about it, like a a medical related trip. Uh, for their son that that 
had some chaotic vibes uh, as the sun accidentally pulled out their feeding tube. And effectively, this trip turned into a pharmacy sightseeing tour, trying to uh, to, to figure that out. And then they mentioned something called Gerb Kazaz. Again, not sure what that is. Is that something that you know what it is? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was hoping you would know what it is. Because <laughs> when I was reading through some of this, I was like, maybe there's some, like, American or, you know... <laughs> specifically hawaiian reference that i'm not uh understanding uh it does i think from context it seemed like maybe food was that true it did seem it was a mediterranean food right dish maybe but i googled it and all i got was an autocorrect for herb kazaz a character from bojack horseman so yep, i was really same. struggling on that one <laughs> um and then finally hobo demon um said or described um, two vacations, um, one mm. where they went to Florida, but they were fired for missing too much work, and <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> another one where they went to Indianapolis for cancer treatment, but it seems like it didn't work because it well, led to the... <laughs> yeah, like, the, the, they it, this was a very well-told story because they were told in reverse chronological order. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, a, a real messy situation, it sounds like, that uh, led to some fun vacations, at least. But the, <laughs> the, the worst field trip slash vacation vibe was more the surrounding context for them rather than the actual vacation themselves, it seems. Right. Cancer and unemployment, mm. both bad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are. <laughs> um, so, you know, thanks, everyone, for leaving your discussion question answers. Um now time for our new discussion question. <laughs> so I I have like an idea germinating. I'm not sure how to put it. I'm thinking mm. like, so there's um, Rose is maybe getting married and then like Blake should maybe start some sort of like niche events um, mm. Mm. business and like maybe some sort of like, like pick a character from Pale and tell us about like the yeah. cool business they could have at a wedding yeah. or something. What, what could their side hustle be at Rose and Alistair's wedding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. If Blake is the bonfire, you know, the, the dialer bonfire guy. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you need, you know, you need a caterer, you need um, a photographer, you need all sorts of things at weddings. And The so coconut one could... actually sounded pretty good as well. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that one is really fun. Um, <laughs> musicians, I yeah. don't know, all sorts of things. So yeah, pick a character from Pale, I guess, and and tell us what their wedding side hustle business is. <laughs> is I that a it. that makes sense? I think. Yeah. Um, you um, can leave your answers to that discussion question in the uh, Reddit thread. Yes. Um, yeah. It'll it'll be up there, and you can find it, um, or in the Discord. But sometimes the answers are harder to find. So if you want to make sure we find it, the Reddit thread's the best place. Yeah for sure um but yeah thanks for listening everybody if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please subscribe share it with your friends leave a rating and a review uh, if you want to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash doofmedia and if you'd like to support wabo as he continues to write these fantastic stories you can go to patreon.com forward slash wabo you can follow the pod on twitter at pale comparison or send us an email at pale in comparison pod at gmail.com Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer a discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. 
In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapter 12.x. Yeah, history. Um, <laughs> and of course, as we said before, it is now the, the costume contest, the Wabo costume contest has closed. So if you want to uh, vote on that, all, all Doof Media patrons will be able to at the Patreon, which is, as we said before, Doof Media, sorry, patreon.com slash Doof Media. So go there, become a patron if you're not already, and vote on some killer costume. Yes. And thank you to all of our patrons for voting and all of the people who submitted entries. Um, y'all are great. Yeah. Uh, now, before we go, a little fun fact. One lightning bolt has enough energy to toast 100,000 pieces of bread. <laughs> wow. I, now I'm imagining a field of mm, like solar panels. In but instead of solar panels, it's bread. <laughs> yeah. or, or, do you think if, if a bolt of lightning struck like a field of grain, toast would just pop out? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our ancestors must have been super bored because the fact that you can take something like wheat and turn mm. it into bread doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, so, okay. So to take, you know, wheat and turn it into bread, you have to like grind it down, you have to get it wet, and then you cook it, right? Well, first, first you have to like thresh it or something. You have to identify right, right. that there's a little thing in that thing that can be dealt with. And then, yeah, yeah you have to grind it to shit. Yeah. And then once you got that, you accidentally spill some water on it. Maybe you can figure something out, but just, I don't know. Well, like I'm trying to figure out, is there a way that through a very unlikely series of natural disasters, <laughs> a field of grain could be turned into bread, right? So like maybe there's a landslide first and like uh -huh, uh -huh. that grinds it down. And then there's some heavy rain to like m mush it all up and stuff, maybe a flood. And then some bolts of lightning and then lightning. suddenly natural naturally forming toast in the world could could be possible i love it hmm. it's probably how it happened that's probably how we first discovered <laughs> toast naturally in the wild but oh we could we could try that yeah we could make that yeah uh well thank you for joining me for this episode uh jen ben this was a yeah. lot of fun yeah well you know anytime every i'm here every every week that's true um yeah it just felt especially <laughs> special this week. No, it was very fun. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>